International. This is the world. A co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. Today is Friday, December 2nd. I'm Lisa Mullins in Boston. Results are coming in from Egypt's elections, and Islamic groups appear to have fared well, especially away from Cairo. Also ahead, a Libyan activist receives a posthumous award for his courage. His widow says before he was killed, other Libyans risked their lives to protect him from the forces of Colonel Gaddafi. It was pretty amazing because people, you know, normal Libyan civilians, they were shielding him with their body. They were doing like a human shield around him because they were snipers. BBC News with David Austin. The United Nations' top human rights body has passed a resolution strongly criticising Syria over its violent suppression of anti-government protests. Here's Imogen Folks in Geneva. Diplomats say this is the toughest resolution the UN Human Rights Council has ever passed. 37 states voted in favour, a council record, and only four, Russia, China, Cuba and Ecuador, voted against. Although the Council has no power to impose sanctions on Syria, the resolution has a long list of demands, an immediate end to the violence, the suspension of all members of the security forces suspected of committing violations and the release of political prisoners. What's more, the Council has decided to appoint a permanent special investigator to monitor and report on Syria's compliance. The British ambassador to Iran says the authorities in Tehran were behind the storming of British diplomatic compounds in the city earlier this week. The attacks prompted Britain to close its embassy in Iran. Diplomats at Iran's embassy in London have now left the country after the British government ordered their expulsion. James Reynolds reports. For Iran's diplomats in London, it was moving day. Staff and their families were driven to Heathrow Airport for their flight to Tehran. Inside the terminal, one man prayed... Others pushed trolleys stacked with suitcases and boxes. It's not yet clear when Britain and Iran will reopen their embassies. For now, the two countries will have to find another way of communicating. The Egyptian authorities have announced some of the results from the first round of Egypt's parliamentary elections. Islamists from the Muslim Brotherhood are thought to be ahead in the vote, but many details have yet to emerge. The authorities say voter turnout was more than 60%. In Cairo, several thousand people gathered in Tahrir Square to commemorate those killed during protests against the military rulers. The German Chancellor, Angela Merkel, has warned it'll take years to resolve the Eurozone's debt crisis. She said work had begun to create a fiscal union which would provide greater stability among countries using the European single currency, with strict oversight of budgets and borrowing. Hugh Schofield reports from Paris. The outlines of a plan are beginning to take shape, one in which there'll be some form of overarching supervision of national budgets as the Germans want and in return to satisfy the French some loosening of the rules of the European Central Bank so that the bank can intervene more aggressively to buy up Eurozone debt and thus spread the pain of countries that get into difficulty. The problem is that still there's no detail. What form will any treaty change take? How will budgetary discipline be enforced? What of countries like Britain that are not in the Eurozone? Hugh Schofield reporting. World News from the BBC. 
The Venezuelan president, Hugo Chavez, is hosting a summit of a new regional bloc in Caracas. Mr Chavez described the new body, which does not include the United States or Canada, as a counterweight to the Organization of American States, which he said was dominated by the US. The declared aim of the community is to foster regional ties. The American government has renewed its calls for the release of an American man who's serving 15 years in a Cuban jail for taking internet equipment onto the communist-run island. The White House press secretary said Alan Gross should be freed immediately. A report in Saudi Arabia has warned that if Saudi women were given the right to drive, it would spell the end of virginity in the country. The report, by a well-known conservative academic, was presented to Saudi Arabia's Legislative Assembly, the Shura Council. It concluded that letting women drive would increase prostitution, pornography, homosexuality and divorce. A Saudi woman involved in calls to end the ban on driving told the BBC the report was complete.